episode of Virtual Coffee. My name is Alexa Collier, and on this podcast, I have virtual coffee with accomplished and innovative early career professionals and small business owners. With me today is Shelby, and he is the founder of Dead Lemon Games. Dead Lemon Games was founded by a couple of friends in August of this year, so August 2020, and they aim to create unique gaming experiences for their customers. They're currently working on their first game, Z's Revenge, which they're hoping to launch in the spring of 2021. I'll definitely keep Virtual Coffee's audience updated on the release of that game. Now, before we dive into Shelby's story, I'd really appreciate if you could rate and review Virtual Coffee on the Apple Podcasts app. You can also follow along with us on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Virtual Coffee Podcast. This episode is a really fun one on a really unique topic of board games. So let's dive into Shelby's journey. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Shelby. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. Oh, yeah. Uh, morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good morning to you, too. So let's just kick things off and dive right in. I would really love to hear Dead Lemon Games' mission in, in your own words and really take us through the journey of where this idea came from to launch this business. Yeah, yeah. So how it kind of started actually leads into into the mission um, I'd always been into board games kind of growing up, didn't do a lot of like TV and electronics and my family was always having us get outside or I had a bunch of siblings and we were always playing board games and doing different things, interacting with each other. And so that sort of like started stemming my passion for board games. And as I got older and I started to realize certain things that interested me more, I don't really spend a whole lot of time in front of the, the, the TV and mm-hmm. watching a lot of TV shows. I'm usually outside doing things and that sort of like stemmed me sort of away from doing activities that were fueled by you know electronics and electricity more like you know finding ways to interact with people in those sort of situations without camping you know so that went to card games and other tabletop games to sort of fill that time and help us sort of interact with each other and not get bored if we were uh, stuck inside doing whatever And so that sort of led to me just being really into board games. As I matured and got older and sort of developed as an adult, I sort of realized how important board games were to people, to people in general, and how they sort of fueled different sort of interactions and sort of sort of fueled this these different levels of creativity and engagement that were very healthy for for people from what I saw. I have a little bit of a, a, I went to school for public relations and a little bit for sociology. I think communication between people and individuals and how that sort of affects um, the way that we look at each other and society is, is, is really important. And of course, with the evolution of communication these days, there's a lot of phone time, a lot of screen time, and people have been pulling away from very face-to-face sort of interactions. And I think I, I kind of not really the biggest fan of that. I think that face-to-face interactions and that sort of communication is extremely important for the development of people. And so when it comes to board games, that's like up front and center. I believe that board games have these very sort of educational standards, these very sort of interactive, positive qualities for the development of people. They, I believe they help develop social skills. They help develop cooperative skills, cognitive thinking, sort of strategic thinking and sort of get your mind going in all these different ways that sort of people aren't, 
aren't having enough of in the modern day world. There are more people are spending more time on the phones and in front of computers and less time engaging in those constructive sort of problem solving situations, which games sort of lend themselves to aid in that, uh, that process. Not only that, but you can have a good time doing it. So it's sort of like almost like an educational tool for adults in a lot of way. And that's, that's where the mission sort of stemmed from for Dead Lemon Games is we want to, we, we we're feel so passionate about these games and how they do that for people, how it's such an important tool for, for individuals and society that we want to make these games that fuel and sort of press that idea and that standard into people, right? We want to have these fun, engaging interactions which people enjoy, but at the same time, it's it's helping them use their brains. It's helping them sort of step outside of those screens and those boxes and do things that, you know, they don't normally do. And so that's sort of where the mission stems from. We want to make these games that sort of fuel this passion, fuel this idea of creating these interesting and unique interactions that are also educational for adults on these cognitive levels. Not upfront as in like two plus two, not a, like a child sort of educational game, but this cognitive sort of education that helps people grow in their communication techniques, their sort of thinking techniques, and how they interact with people um, and do that constructively. That is excellent. And your answer is exactly why I always love to kick off with that question, because I don't think I've ever had a response on the podcast where the answer to, you know, the mission is just, oh, I just wanted to start this company, right? Like, I love the deeper meaning you put behind board games and what they can do with people's interaction, helping them build communication skills, engagement, social skills, strategic thinking, etc. It all makes sense. And I, I just love that deeper meaning. And you're able to do that through Dead Lemon Games and through a board game, through something that's so fun to play and engage with. And I know you mentioned specifically for adults, but also for all ages, right? There's, of course, board games for, for absolutely anyone and anyone can engage with it. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right, Nick. Not just for adults, all age groups um, and different levels. And I think it's interesting, sort of like the rap that board games have as adults in modern society. I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't think of board games being for adults, but there's actually a huge market and actually, you know, a, a wide range of different applications and different games, tabletop analog games that work very well for adults. And people, I think there's sort of a stigma in a way for adults to be like, oh, well, games, games are for kids, you know, silly games, you know, but right. actually like, there's a lot of games out there that you know, don't work well for kids because they're more involved and more strategic thinking, denser sort of storylines and engagement sort of mechanics. And so, yeah, games being for, for adults and, and pushing that properties of, of learning and engagement. Completely agree, right? Like when you start playing a brand new board game, that process of trying to understand the rules and how everything works. And if you're with a group of people, like it just it takes a lot of skills to be able to pick up a new board game and be able to play it successfully. And still have fun with it too, right? It just, yeah, there's a lot of components into playing a complex board game. You're exactly right. So I know you're working on your first title, which I believe is called Z's Revenge. So would love to hear, you know, anything you can tell us about that. And also just your process of how you even begin to start to create a board game, because I have no idea where that creative process starts. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that second half of that question, I could literally, I mean, we don't have enough time in the day. 
<laughs> but um, but yeah, so Z's Revenge, yeah, our first title that we're planning on launching in the spring via Kickstarter. It's a zombie themed, uh, zombie themed game. And it's a tabletop game. It's got a board. It's played with one to four people. And the game is interesting because we're trying to make it a very, trying to make it a very diverse system and, and have high levels of replayability and sort of adaptable to a, a number of different play styles and number of people. So it's zombie themed, and we're trying to do some unique and different things with it and create some a really nice system that has high replayability and also is very dynamic and is attractive in zombie theme. Um, this may be a little, it's not really off topic, but the, the market for board games, there's themes and, and some of them are really flooded and zombie theme, as you might know, has been really big over the past years. And some people would say that the zombie market is flooded. So creating mm -hmm. a product in the zombie, zombie themed in any market right now can be kind of difficult because everyone's doing it and it's kind of been done. But that doesn't keep people from like hopping on board with them because you still have a lot of fan base. So with Z's Revenge, we're, we're flipping the antagonist and the protagonist for the game, which means you play as a zombie, and your main objective is to move through this town, this board system, and you are going up to individuals, up to the living people in the town, and you are trying to bite them and infect them, and therefore you make them your friends. So you're causing havoc in town, you're biting others, these other people, and you're infecting them, and when you infect them, they become a zombie as well. So you take them and they become what we call your friends. Why I keep saying your friends is because we're also framing the game to not really be... It's not framed as a bloody, gory, sort of realistic uh, zombie game. It's a really light-hearted title. It's, it's, it has a lot of humor involved with it. And the, the premise of these newly sort of turned characters, these zombies, is that they're trying to cope with this new thing of what they're feeling and they're trying to figure it out, and they're lonely, and so they need other people like them. They need friends, and so to do that, they must bite and infect other people. So the game is not about attacking and killing individuals. The game is about, like, biting, infecting, and making new friends <laughs> with the whole zombie theme. So that's the title, and that's basically the general gist about it. You can do um, one to four players. It has a co-op mode. It has a competitive mode where you basically... Oh, cool. You try to infect a certain amount of friends, and if you get the most friends, then you win. And it also has a cooperative mode where you and your other uh, Z characters, other people that are playing, are trying to collectively cause havoc and collectively work together to infect so many people out of the town and basically turn the town, the majority of town, into zombies as well. That's about the game itself. Now, making a game, how do you start <laughs> that process? I mean, like, it's... There's no right answer here, and it's mm -hmm. it's hard to really start to answer this question. But I can tell you, I can kind of lean it into my process and what I've done in the past. I've 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 dabbled a little bit in design and kind of like with with games in the past, and you know was always really big into games, and you know would always kind of create my own systems if I was bored and playing with people. Like, well, let's you know let's do something different with this deck of cards. Let's just make up something. Okay, well. So you basically, if you play enough games, you start to pick up on different mechanisms and things, different combinations of sequences that, you know, cause an effect and you can create sort of like an outcome or an objective with it. And so I have dabbled in the past and kind of designed some little games here and there and little systems and figured out, played with it this way and played with it that way and figured out um, different things that worked. And when it came to, to Z's, like a lot of other games out there, you kind of just find all these different elements 
and combine them in ways that you hope will work. I think that's the, the most complex thing about the board game design is that you're creating these different mechanisms and systems that have to work in conjunction. You may create one and you're like, oh, this will be really cool if when you roll this die, this happens. But then you do other parts of the system and you're like, oh, wait a second. How does that mesh into rolling the die and that happens? How is that going to affect this system? So creating all those little tiny, um, all those little tiny characteristics and systems and have them work fluidly is probably the hardest part about it. Like getting the story, having a theme, having cool ideas is easy, but putting all that stuff down logistically and having it function together is probably the hardest part about it. And so with Z's, essentially you have a set number of actions that you take, you know, and it's sort of like, uh, very similar to sort of, it's called a dungeon crawler, but you basically, you have a character and you want to accomplish things through these actions. Mm-hmm. So you set a base of actions. You say, well, what do we want to make these characters do? This, this, and this. And then how is that going to play into the other systems? Trying to d- d- describe how to go about designing a, a board game. There's just so many different board games out there and so many different ways to sort of like start and dive into it. So it's 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 not really the I'm I'm no expert on it for sure, <laughs> and I don't know if there's a right way to necessarily answer the sure. question. But um, I think also I think when you start you start with an idea, and, you know, like an an idea and an objective. Basically, it's like okay, well, what's the theme? What do I like? Well, I think it'd be cool if you know some sort of fantasy thing where I was um, a wizard and I wanted to, you know, cast spells and make things happen. We start with that and then you say, well, how can I make this happen? What's the main goal? Get your theme, you get like um, your theme and your characters. And then you say, well, what's, what do we, what's the objective? Like, what do you Mm -hmm. want to accomplish it? And then you got to build and make everything, all the meat of it to accomplish that goal. And that could change. I'm constantly learning and constantly changing things all the time within my games and my systems. Yeah, a couple of thoughts here. First, Z's Revenge sounds awesome. I love the different modes, like the competitive versus co-op, because I, I really love the games where you can play multiple times, right? And it, it's something different. So I love that. Love the different modes. So that sounds really fun. And uh, yeah, we'll for sure keep the virtual coffee audience updated on that Kickstarter. Really looking forward to that being launched. So making a game, it almost reminds me of if you ask someone, like, how do you start writing music or like writing a song right and how how do you not write a song that already exists or that sounds exactly like you know another song but almost the board game creation seems even more complex than that because like you said you have all those different components running together it's almost like you need to plan the whole thing out right like a like a blueprint of it but that makes sense where you at least start with the theme I love how you said start with the objective because that's really like start with why you're creating this game like what's the purpose of it and i think that can be related to any product you make right as if you have that strong foundation of an objective of the why then the rest can kind of be built and evolved and changed around that so yeah i i loved how you described that and it totally makes sense that it's different for everyone i'm sure and you just i'm sure it's like a step-by-step right like oh i have this idea for this component for this part let's see if it'll work it just seems a very, like a very creative process. It's fascinating. Yeah, I, I have three different notebooks just just filled yeah. with <laughs> when I started this, you know. And um, as you start to develop it, you, you start to erase 
notes and scratch out scribbles mm -hmm. and then make notes on existing scribbles, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a long and involved process, but it's also a very fun and engaging process because you have to test out each element. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. To see if it actually makes sense, if it works with the game. Yeah. Awesome. So what has this journey been like to launching Dead Lemon Games? Like for, you know, have you been really focused on just building and creating Z's Revenge or are there other components of the business that you've been working on as well? Um, we'd just love to hear some of those steps you took, the steps you're taking, if you faced any challenges as a small business owner, etc. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm sure this is, I mean, this has been a recurring theme on, on your episodes lately, but of course you've interviewed people lately that have sort of started up small businesses in the height of a weird time, which is mm -hmm. the pandemic. And that, of course, has its own challenges. But Dead Lemon Games was spawned because of the pandemic, like a lot of like other little entities and things that are popping up as a result of this. Uh, I, I usually do a lot of commercial driving work and work in narrative transit for cruise companies and do tours up in Alaska in the summertime. And when the pandemic happened, I was actually on my way up to Alaska in March and <laughs> everything sort of hit the fan. Wow. And uh, everything was shut down and I had to turn around and come home. And over the next week, of course, I was told, you know, my job was, was gone and didn't exist anymore. Of course, all the tourism operations, all the cruise lines, of course, they stopped running and all that was shut down. And I was uh, laid off indefinitely from that operation just, yeah, just shortly after that. And so I had sort of all this like this time of course there was a lot of time going on and people were thinking and freaking out and trying to figure out what to do with themselves and I was unemployed like a lot of other people at the at the time and so I, I decided just you know to help keep me to keep my spirits up I was going to you know focus on things that you know creative outlets I, I like to focus on my creative outlets and, and a lot of my downtime especially if I'm you know sort of stressed out and so I was like well you know I had this idea for this for this game I have all this time. I wanna, I wanna like really kind of focus on this. I have this time to do it. I want to be engaged. So let me, let me just, I'm gonna work on this for fun. As the game developed, it got to the point where I was like, okay, like this is pretty solid. And um, one thing about when you uh, designing a game or or designing a board game is you basically have two routes if you want to do something with it, right? If it's a mm -hmm. hobby, um, you get to the point where okay, well this is fun, but am I gonna do something with it? And there's two routes. You go to a publisher and you pitch the idea and you hope that they buy it. And that's sort of like, that's that's one route. And with that, it has its pros and its cons. The biggest pros are things like, then your hands are off. You ain't got to do anything else with the business aspect. They take it, right? Uh, the cons are um, usually with your, especially first couple of titles, you're basically going to be making pennies on the percentile. Mm -hmm. So maybe like eight to 10%, right? Royalties. And then they also have complete creative control over the product once they buy it, which means everything, the theme, mechanisms, everything can be changed. And you may not even get your name on the box, right? So you may not even get an art, a designer or artist credit for those that, that product. Um, so there's, there's pros and cons there. The other thing you can do is you can self-publish. When you self-publish a game, you basically take on this business, right? The game is no longer just a fun design hobby and you sell the idea and everything off to somebody and all its mechanisms, you basically, when you self-publish, you have to start a business. So you have to, like, you know, form an LLC, form a mm -hmm. business to launch that product under, and you have to find a way to launch and produce that product. So basically, that game, instead of this fun hobby, becomes this very time-consuming, very involved process. 
that's the business part. Like that's Dead Lemon Games. That's how it started, and it's it's a full blown sort of business now. To well, I decided after after I was gonna pitch it. I was gonna pitch mm-hmm. the idea and just do that. But I played it with a couple of good friends, a lot of encouragement, and I thought about it really hard. And I was like, you know what? Like with the time, the amount of time I have, this point in my life, you know, I should give it a shot. Like if you know, I, I have all this time and energy right now. And I'd like to put my best foot forward, give it my all, and say that I did it. Like, if I'm going to pick a time to do it, now should be the time. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But if, you know, and I can say, well, at least I tried. At least I tried my hardest and put my best foot forward. And if it does work out, then beautiful. I will turn something that has always been a strong passion of mine and make it a career, right? And that's what Mm -hmm. everyone is seeking. That's what anyone is looking for in a career is basically to stem from something they truly enjoy doing for a living. Uh, and so that's sort of how Dead Lemons has spawned and sort of come into that. With that, like, I mean, since I'm self-publishing the board game and formed this business, Dead Lemon Games, to to launch it, the the biggest challenge for for this is is that we basically have to create all of this hype and audience and all of our clientele. We have to seek out and find them and build this all organically through, I mean, through the internet. We don't have a physical service or physical product right now to deliver to individuals. And so I think that's something that definitely takes forming this sort of business as a challenge because you take nothing and you 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 got to get online and you got to get involved in all these different little rabbit holes and all these audiences and all these different forums and start to get people to, to look and see and hear your name and your brand. You start doing sort of brand recognition and management and try to build this audience and build hype and what they would call tribes of individuals that are sort of stoked and interested in what you're doing. And this all has to be done without giving anybody anything um, with this sort of this route that has to be done with this sort of product. Like I said, we don't have a physical service or a physical product right now. We have to create this, this fan base for something that is just an idea through images, through like hype and stuff like that until we get to the point where we can deliver the product and which is where Kickstarter is coming in, which is why crowdfunding and this sort of like way to build the business, we have to do it in a certain manner. We have to build this crowd and get all these people stoked and interested in the product. And that's going to, that's going to launch the business essentially like doing the crowdfunding, getting everyone involved and getting into it and offering them with the crowdfunding platform. Hey, like if you support us, if you back us, this is what you get. You get this reward-based system. You get the game. You get this part of the game. And you're supporting the the birth of this entity, the birth of the game, the birth of the business. So that's why I'm trying not to rush a lot of the, when you do something like this through crowdfunding, is you really want to spend a decent amount of time building up that audience, building up that fan base. And that's why in this certain type of business, those are sort of like the, the challenges that we face day to day. Yeah, a lot of great points there that you mentioned, you know, first one being that if there's anything positive to come out of this pandemic, right, it's that we are seeing a bunch of these small businesses, including Dead Lemon Games pop up, including my podcast. I mean, I started this at the beginning of the pandemic, because I found I had, again, similar to you so much time on my hands. And I had always kind of wanted to start a podcast. And why not? Right? So can totally relate to you on that. And also, I had no idea you could go to a publisher for a board game. I don't know why. I just didn't think that's, I don't know. I just never thought that that was a step. That is fascinating. 
that's exactly like writing a book, right? You can go to a publisher or self-publish. Absolutely. Wow. That's, that's the way it's been done actually for a long time. Um, in fact, like independent designers, small designers and, and, and artists actually didn't have a big platform, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And that was the only way to do it was to pitch it to a publisher. But because of the internet and because of crowdfunding, now you have these individuals that have passions, that have big dreams, and they can use crowdfunding to fuel and launch their dreams into something more. And in the past, that was not a thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And along those lines of, you know, you're mentioning how you have to get this customer base and get this support without having that product yet. I am curious to know if you ever find yourself kind of getting lost in that branding, the social media, the trying to build the customer base and uh, having to be like, oh, yeah, but my main goal here is to build this board game. I need to get back to that. Like, is that hard to balance? And I'm asking this because I know sometimes I find myself like really consumed with virtual coffee's Instagram. And sometimes I have to remind myself, well, this is about the people I'm interviewing. This is about the podcast, the episodes, their stories. Yes, I want to gain followers and gain that customer base, but it's really about the people I'm talking to. It's not about how many followers I have on Instagram. So that's kind of where this question is coming from. And I was just curious if, if you've ever felt that way or have advice for that. Absolutely. And, and to be 100% honest with you, Alexa, like taking on this business and having to do it in this manner, I've been completely overwhelmed with the amount mm -hmm. of work that I have been doing. And some other things that's interesting about my process as compared to other others who are also doing mm -hmm. something like I'm doing is that I am managing the business, but I'm also, I'm the, the designer of the game. I'm right. also the, the artist and illustrator for the game. I am the, the CEO of the, the company and mm -hmm. I'm, I manage all the social accounts. Like I, I mean, it's it's a lot of work. Like you had mentioned, I often get distracted and get caught up into those social media accounts and get really involved and, and try to build that those tribes and that crowd. And I often I'm like, whoa, I've been doing all this this stuff here, but I have all these other things I need to do with the game. And but I do believe I do believe that's that's an important part of it. I think they go hand in hand because if you're not out there engaging with those people, and I think that's the important the, the important takeaway from this is that you get kind of caught up into, you know, putting out this content and you're interested in how many followers you want to get, but you need to not lose sight of how important those people are. Mm -hmm. uh, that's an important part of, yeah. of crowdfunding and building these tribes is that like Dead Lemon Games, us with Z's Revenge, like those people, our tribe, our people that are passionate and, and are interested in what we're doing, they're the most important part because like without them, this goes nowhere. I, I mean, unlike a lot of some other companies, you know, that have a lot of investment capital up front, we don't have any of that. And so we are we are solely relying on this community, these people to have our back and to help us launch this. And that's why they're the most important part. I need to listen to their opinions. I need to see their comments. I need to take their comments and be like constructively and be like, well, maybe that is a good idea. Maybe I should scrap this and, and, and try that out because they're the ones that are going to make it happen. Without them, nothing happens with the product or the company at all. So that's being engaged in those social circles is extremely important and, and is very time consuming. But that being said, those people are the most important part. That's a really good point because it's making me realize, you know, whether you have 
two followers, a hundred followers, a thousand, ten thousand, those are real people. So while yes, it is important to, you know, maybe have those milestones of I want to grow the customer base, I want to grow that community, still remembering that there are people who currently are in that community, right? Unless you have have zero, which I know you don't, <laughs> those are real people. And they have, yeah, they're supporting you right now. So don't lose sight of that. I think that's a great reminder for any small business owner. That's great advice. Yeah, those those numbers are awesome. But if you're not engaging with those numbers and making them right. people, realizing how important they are to your process, then you might as well not have the numbers. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I personally really appreciate that advice. Any other, you know, advice top of mind for those wanting to start a small business, you know, maybe they have this idea and, and are scared to start, don't know where to start. Anything else come to mind? You've already given great advice. <laughs> yeah, I would say research. I mean, we have this tool in front of us and, and readily accessible the internet to, to basically learn and sort of educate ourselves on almost anything we want to find out. If you have an idea or a passion and you want to take it and turn it into a business or at least explore what it would be like to to start that business, get on get out there and do some research. Look into it, find people that have done similar things. Um, try to look at also you, you gotta you gotta think about the, the nitty-gritty and the things behind all the, the glamour and the fun things with the business. You know, you have to think about logistics, financing, what are you trying to accomplish long term? Is it just a you know, do you have this small idea and you actually don't realize what it might take to, to fully develop the idea or move into the next stages? Get out there and really look into it, dig deep and research and find out if it's something you really want to move forward with. You may discover a lot of things about what you're trying to do that you had no idea was going to be a part of it. Um, that's definitely something that with me helped me decide if I wanted to self-publish or if I was going to go to the publisher is it, I took about two weeks and really tried to learn as much as possible and was like, can I do it? Do I have the time? Is this what I want to do? Am I going to lock off like, you know, 40 hours a, a, a week for, for this amount of time if this is something I want to push forward, you know? And mm -hmm. so I definitely would suggest if you're into something, you want to look into it, you want to try to develop a start up a new business see exactly what it takes. Don't just try to jump in willy-nilly, do some research and really learn as much as you can about it. I mean, that'll just help you be successful if you are educated on as much as possible with the subject matter. I really like that advice. That's unique. I don't think we've heard that on this podcast yet. And it makes me reflect on why I chose to pursue a podcast, you know, besides my natural passion for it and, and love for podcasting. But it was something that I knew I could do after my full-time job and on the weekends. And my goal isn't to make money off the podcast. So that that was helpful for me, right? Because if I needed to take two weeks off because life is just hectic, that was okay with me. I really like that advice, like deciding, is this right for me? Do I have the time? Like you're saying, what are pieces I might not be thinking about of uh, or components of launching and running a business that might be behind the scenes that you don't see right on social media and other people's small businesses, but exists and you need to make the time for that's really important. And with all that research, you have to decide if you're comfortable with failure. I mm -hmm. mean, that's very possible when you're when you're starting and taking a dive and taking a leap is are you completely comfortable with complete failure of, of whatever you're trying to do? 
Yeah. Is it, is it enough for you to say, well, at least I tried, you know, even if failure happens, will you still be satisfied with your effort? Absolutely. Wonderful. Now, where are you hoping to take Dead Lemon Game? So it seems right now, clearly you're focused on Z's Revenge and getting that first title launched. And also you personally, are you hoping to stay with Dead Lemon Games as your full-time job, your full-time career and passion? Just tell me a little bit about where you where you think your future is headed uh, or where you'd, you're, you'd want it to head. Yeah, so with me personally and my involvement with Dead Lemon Games, um, right now what I'm doing is, is giving my all and pouring as much as I can into this. And it's sort of like, it's almost like, a trial period if you want to think about it like I have this time I'm going to dedicate it and give it my all and see kind of like feel and test the waters and see how it develops over time if I can sort of make it more successful what sort of like you know sustainability do I have with continuing to do things with Dead Lemon in the long term so right now I'm with Dead Lemon is I'm giving it all and I want to create this this product I'm super passionate about. I'm super passionate about the community. But, you know, realistically, like you got to think about, is this sustainable for me? You know, not just, you know, for my passion and being and something to enjoy doing, but it's got to be sustainable financially. And if you know anything about sort of like, you know, startup game companies, board game companies or designers, independent designers out there, is this is all a hobby for them. They all have to keep their part-time and full-time jobs because it's as a hobby, there's not actually a whole lot of money really involved. There's not a lot of income sort of just being flooded through this. It's more of a passion and more of a hobby that you want to create this product and deliver it to people. Mm-hmm. So right now with Z's Revenge, I'm just focusing on on the game and giving giving the game and sort of the culture surrounding the game as much as I possibly can and just really diving into it and feeling it out for a while. And, and for a while, but what I mean by that is, is with the, the chronological timeline of, of events with Z's and its launch, that's, I mean, a year minimum right now that I'm pouring in as much as possible to sort of feel out and see what happens. If, it, if good things happen with Z's Revenge and Dead Lemon Games, then this moves into the first part of your question the progression of Dead Lemon Games, I'd love mm-hmm. to absolutely expand more uh, with Z's Revenge as our as our, it's our flagship product. But the the systems and, and the product itself has a lot of room for expansion, which is very popular with board games. Not only expansion, but sort of like taking the Z's Revenge and creating um, sort of a more involved title. We'd love to take the game. It has room to make it more of a campaign-based sort of cooperative game, whereas in like individuals team up and play through a series of campaigns in the game to sort of like that's how they progress instead of in a competitive mode or simple cooperative mode they move through progressively um, which is very popular in board games right now you might hear it be called a legacy mode Mm. or a campaign or skirmish mode so we'd love to develop z's revenge more and sort of expand on on its base and everything and, and expand on on the tools that make it sort of unique and dynamic in the future and Beyond that, if, you know, Dead Lemon uh, is successful at that and we start to sort of really build up a a brand name and build up sort of a presence with Dead Lemon, uh, other titles in the future being released would be obviously absolutely ideal. I do have some other games on the back burner that, of course, are just like dry ideas and little Mm -hmm. little prototypes here and there. 
But um, working on developing other titles and pushing those out through Dead Limit Games obviously is the dream in the future. So That makes sense. And do you know of small businesses, small board game businesses who do make that their full-time job, career, etc.? Or like you're saying, because of the nature of it, it does really be that side hobby, side project. And that, like, is it more only if you're part of like a big corporation or are there you know, small time board game businesses who that is what they do. Yeah, no, it's definitely more towards lean. The market's definitely lean towards the big entities, the big mm-hmm. corporate entities that have been doing it for a long time. The independent and indie sort of game designers and analog board game designers, most of those individuals that are part of those organizations and those companies, they have and they have to have other jobs. They Interesting. They have other jobs to help them sustain, but they're they're so passionate on the hobby and the culture that they want to keep doing and developing and pushing out their products and their games. It's like their life's hobby, their most their most passionate hobby and thing they like to do. And it, it's really, really hard for I mean, there's there's so many little board game companies and startup indie board game developers that push out, you know, a game a year that I mean you've never heard of. And the market right. is huge. And the majority of the market, especially for independent designers and small indie designers, is all through the internet. They're not getting distribution deals. You're not seeing the games on the shelves and stores. You see the same companies, you see the same companies and the same games um, year after year on the shelves in stores. Now, you may get like 10 to 30 new titles each year. They're like, oh, I've never heard of this game, and but it's by one of those bigger name companies because they can, you know, they can push out multiple titles, you know, a right. year. But that's that's it. You have to think about that number that you see on that shelf and compare that to the number of how many small independent board game companies there are and how many small board games that are pushed out in smaller quantities and numbers through the internet. You're talking about looking at the store and seeing you know, maybe 50 titles on a big end when you compare that to maybe 50,000 titles on the internet. Yeah, the board game market is just now fascinating to me. It's something I never thought about. And yeah, just how hard it must be for you know, these small, smaller board game creators trying to enter that market when you have these big corporations, like you said, just pushing out titles. And yeah, that's interesting. That's fascinating. I'm just trying to think like, you know, the board games you see on Target shelves, right? Those are probably all big corporations, right? The majority of them are. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to say that they all are because every mm-hmm. now and then you will have a smaller uh, company that just creates this title that just really takes off, that really yeah. gets momentum, that really builds up very well. And when that's the case, they can get distribution deals and you'll start seeing them on the shelves in stores. Now, that's also, you got to think about the frequency of those small designers and small companies that that happens to, right? It's, it's a very, very, very small pool. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, that's the dream, right? You build this product, it really takes off and people want to distribute it. People want distributing deals or, or people want it on their shelves rather than just your local gaming store. But there's so many, so many people trying to do that, that it's, you know, the right combination of, of events and um, exposure need to happen for that to to even be possibly feasible. It makes me think of, uh, I feel like, honestly, 
TikTok could really help the, the launching of a board game because I know it sound, it might sound like silly, but I see on there all the time these small businesses who their one video goes viral and they get like this influx of customers, this influx of interest. And it's an interesting platform. And I'm, I don't know, I'm thinking I should probably bring the podcast onto there too in some way. But it's interesting is, yeah, how do you get that attraction, that notice in a, in a large quantity? You're absolutely right. And in fact, I've been <laughs> meaning to explore, you know, TikTok and some other mm-hmm. some other options to sort of push out content. Ironically, I listened to a podcast just yesterday. It's called Funding the Dream. It's about Kickstarter, but primarily Kickstarters revolved around board games. And he was interviewing a, a, a company and a, a gentleman who works on helping people with campaigns. And he said one of the things that they really focused on is they use TikTok and they try to create video content in the hopes that it will go viral. And that's one of the main tools they use to launch and help support campaigns is this video content through these different mediums in hopes of it taking off, just going viral Mm -hmm. and like mass exposure through. Right. And what's great about TikTok for small businesses actually is really anyone can go viral. Like It's not like the Instagram algorithm or I don't know what the Facebook algorithm is like where it's like a bit harder, right? You need that. You almost need the followers in order to go viral. But TikTok, really anyone can. And yeah, I could could totally see, you know, like you filming or like putting out videos of the process of creating it because I think this is something a lot of people don't know about and would find fascinating. So yeah, that'd be an interesting avenue to explore. Well, look for us on TikTok soon. Yes. <laughs> awesome. So since, you know, you are making a board game as your full-time, you know, job, passion, etc. focus right now, do you find playing board games for fun is now less fun? Or is it easy for you to have it be your your pastime, your hobby, and also your job, right? Like, ha- have you had any challenges there? You know what? I absolutely haven't. And I'm, I'm very nice. lucky, probably lucky and fortunate that I haven't been burnt burnt out on it because uh, I'm passionate about board games and I'm passionate about, about my game Z's Revenge. And, you know, we kind of do a lot of playtesting with Z's Revenge. I mean, constantly trying to playtest as much as possible. And so, I, I mean, I'll get super caught up in that and I'll be like, you know what? I need to play another game. I need to play mm. something different. And I also think of it, I'm always learning from other games too. Just like, you know, we talked about earlier about, you know, writing music or making something is it's hard to make an original idea. It's hard to make original content. You take, Mm -hmm. you gain inspiration from all these things and you say, how can I take little tidbits of influence and combine them to make something new? And so I see playtesting Z's, obviously that's work, but I want to play all these games that other games that thoroughly enjoy and also, it's almost like research, right? It's, it's R&D, like when I'm having right. fun. So it's extremely important for me to play other games, um, to learn as much as possible, pick up, you know, things that work, things that work well. And I, I do find myself extremely lucky that I still just enjoy those things just as much as I did before starting to make Z's. So yeah, I definitely count myself lucky that I, I still have <laughs> just the same amount of passion for playing other games as I do, you know, my work, which is like, you know, constantly consuming me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you're right. It is like R&D. And I, I love how you stated you gain inspiration from all these different places and then you turn it into your own idea. That's very true. Like what idea is actually 
purely unique, right? You are always getting inspiration from everything and there's nothing wrong with that. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Most people go their whole lives without an original idea. I yep. mean, that's, that's just it. I mean, there's no getting yeah. around it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> awesome. So my last big question here for you, Shelby, is in this moment, when I ask you this right now, what is your proudest accomplishment? Now, this, of course, can be related to Den Lemon Games or it doesn't have to be at all. Just the first thing that comes to mind, what is your proudest accomplishment? My proudest accomplishment, just like it's it's not directly related to disease, but I think it, it's directly related to in, in a lot of ways to disease and other things in my life is and it's sort of something that developed over time. And it's basically my realization that I'm basically here to enjoy this existence as much as possible through any means before I leave it. And sort of developing that like idea and that sort of mindset has sort of helped me focus on things that make me happy, focus on things that don't deliver as much stress and also help me focus on things that, you know, maybe outside of the box or maybe high in risk factor, right? So like, if I'm focused on experiencing as much as possible with happiness being at the core, then I can do things like focus on my passions and try things like building this company and, and building Z's Revenge and know that like it's what makes me happy and that's the most important thing for me in this existence. It took a lot of time for me to like come to that realization, but it's definitely something that drives me in everything I do. And without that sort of that meaning and that thought at my core, Dead Lemon Games would never have happened. My sort of fulfilling things that make me happy with travel and playing games with other people wouldn't be at the forefront of my existence. It would be more of sort of a normal sort of like, you know, nine to five, this is the routine uh, sort of mindset. So I'm, I'm very lucky I was able to f sort of search that out, find that, become at peace with this is, this is how I want to live and this is what's important for me while I'm here. I think we all need to embrace that mindset. And another good thing about the pandemic is it, it is making us all pause. Most of us do have more time on our hands. And I think it's important to take that pause and think, is what I'm doing right now my passion? Is it fulfilling my needs? Am I enjoying it? And if not, how can I adjust that? How can I change that, right? It's just important to do that reflection. And I love how you stated that. That was, that was beautifully stated. And that's an awesome accomplishment, Shelby. <laughs> Thank you. It it makes me very happy. <laughs> Excellent. I'm I'm glad to hear that. It's making me smile over here. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that is a wonderful way to end this episode. Now, before we end things here, where can people find you and Dead Lemon Games? What are the social medias, website, etc.? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we have the the website up and going. There's a lot of things going up. Uh, a lot of things going on on the website. It's just www.deadlemongames.com. Uh, of course, you can find Dead Lemon Games on uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook page there, and we also have an Instagram account as well. And, and we're probably most active on the Instagram, but we're about to be a lot more active across all of the uh, all of the, uh, the the platforms here uh, here in the next few months for sure as we move closer towards the launch of the product. Yes, spring is kind of coming up, isn't it? Like it's going to be here before you know it. That's awesome. Yeah, really looking forward to hearing more about Z's Revenge and seeing more from Dead Lemon Games, of course. And I hope everyone checks them out on those social medias and at their website. And thank you so much for speaking with me today, Shelby. I really enjoyed our conversation. 
Yeah, no, it was really fun, Alexa. It also, I mean, it's also going to sort of fuel my inspiration for the rest of the day, sort of thinking on some of these things you you made me sort of dive into. And I'm, I'm kind of stoked for it. So th- thanks so, so much for giving me this opportunity. Of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it too. It's a great way to kick off my Saturday morning. So thanks so much for the advice and insights. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.